Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Gentlemen, that's not merry men. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? Back to last <laughs> Call back. Episode. Call back. Uh, with me, I have Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Hi. Um, it's going. Yeah, no. Uh, totally. It's been a weird week. Uh, I feel a little depressed. Do you want me to talk about it? It's not like I've talked about it before or anything, so. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm single again. That's kind of weird. Uh, I was planning to move uh, far, far away from Norway with the girl that I was in love with. I was going to move to Canada. Uh, that is definitely not happening anymore. <laughs> right. So... And it's, I am uh, a depressed. it's a, it's a big deal because that was like a yeah. long running Jeez. thing, right? Yeah. I used, uh, I would, use, I would say 70% of 2020 I used on planning moving this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, I, I don't even remember when you guys, I mean, it was somewhere in the beginning in of 2020. the beginning of yeah. last year. Yeah. But it was after uh, COVID started, so it had to have been after February. Uh, March. Yeah, yeah I, I think March, April, we started planning it, and and we were going to go in, in uh, the end of April, the beginning of May right. this year. And we, on the podcast, uh, have not really talked about talked it. Talked about it. We, no. I knew about it, and other friends of ours knew that this was happening, but right. we haven't really talked about it on the podcast, right? Right. Uh, it's been kind of a. I'm not going to say it's been a secret, but I didn't really want to talk about it because I was thinking like, uh, let's not make a big deal of out of it before I have moved. Like I, I wanted to make sure everything went smooth sailing. Right. And guess what? <laughs> not so much. <laughs> <laughs> not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not so smooth sailing. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, no, so uh, this week has been me talking about it to a lot of people, and that doesn't really make things better. It makes things worse, because you you have to explain it to people that you really, really, really don't want to explain it to, like your travel agency, the people you're renting the house uh, of in Canada. Right. Uh, uh, telling you that this is not going to happen. Uh, uh, telling. Uh, uh, I mean, there's the just a lot of money involved oh. to begin with. Like, there's just right. when you're when you're moving to another country, um, moving uh, over borders, right? Um, right. It's a big deal, right? I mean, there's a lot of yeah. money involved, and when it's two different people from other two multiple countries and. Not only that, COVID is right now, and so it costs even that right. much more to 
uh, get around those blockades that are currently up uh, with yep. COVID and everything else. Not that those are bad, but that there there are no, those no. those things are in the way right now. Like for example, we had to be in the vaccine uh, hotel for two weeks if we moved to Canada. Right. We had uh, we have had even prepared paid for that. Like there's a lot of things that you have to cancel and. And like ask ask on your knees. Oh, can I get the money back, please? Because now I'm not really moving. And like, yeah, using a lot of energy on explaining to people why you're not going. Like, I really, really, really don't want to like plaster my relationship to like total, <laughs> uh, yeah. total people that, that knows not, nothing about me. Like, yeah, yeah, my girlfriend cheated on me. That's why I'm not moving to Canada. Like, that's very fun to say every fucking time you're talking about it. It's like, no, it isn't. It isn't fun. <laughs> uh, and this, like, this world situation is not really doing anything else good. Like, I, I see people getting vaccines in Norway that has gotten the vaccine that, uh, like, uh, uh, also has gotten another corona variant. And oh, this really? YouTube, yes, and this YouTube stuff annoys the fuck out of me. Uh, because you and me... We were watch, uh, watching uh, this raw footage from the Capitol riot uh, in the episode, wait, news, extra news, wait, uh, wait. <laughs> like, we even called it, like, we were talk talking about it through the episode. Right. And you and me were watching it, and now it's been taken down for reasons that for me are so mind-blowingly stupid. Uh, uh, right, and... I mean, YouTube, we've been talking about the YouTube censorship for a while, and I think a lot of it we've been talking about we've it has been directly kind of related to um, right-wing people, sure. right? Yeah, yeah, but I this would is, say so. This is definitely a crackdown on left-wing people on YouTube this week. Uh, YouTube is cracking down on independent journalists who covered the Capitol riot, uh, numerous journalists who covered last month's violent insurrection in the nation's capital say their content is suddenly being removed from YouTube. Uh, independent media outlet Status Coup, which posted the Capitol riot footage to YouTube last month, uh, which was captured by a freelance journalist, John Farina, revealed Tuesday that it, its video of the Capitol riot had been taken down. According to Status Coup, uh, uh, Status Coup journalist jo Jordan Sheridan uh, in an email clip that he got, it, it, YouTube said it violated their spam, deceptive practices, and scams policy. Why? <laughs> like, it makes absolutely It's a lot. It was a live stream. It's a live stream. What? what? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bl but I, I don't... I really don't know what to say to this. This is so incredibly stupid. If not, somebody doesn't explain this to me, I will go bad shit crazy. The, I mean, the weirdest part is we watched it live the day of, right? The yes, the footage, and it was 
we were watching it as we started that podcast and we were going, this seems a little weird. It seems like something crazy is about to happen. Um, and we were seeing it live, right? Uh, YouTube has appeared to suggest that the video, which has repeatedly Mm -hmm. been featured by other mainstream outlets, such as ABC, CBS, CNN, and NBC, promoted false narratives about the integrity of the U.S. election. But what is false about the fucking raw footage? It's showing the fucking truth. Isn't that the whole fucking point of raw footage? Like, they, they are... It's like you want to change history. It makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. Or maybe not just change, but, like, hide history? You know, or hide, yeah. like, the... Uh, the true fact of of what happened, or whatever, you know what I mean? But at the same time, then yesterday we have the trial, uh, the Donald Trump trial, which we're going to talk about in a second, the impeachment trial, and they played this exact same footage in the trial against Donald Trump. it It was evidence against Donald Trump, but we're not allowed to see it on YouTube. Thanks. Yeah, this, like, onslaught of censorship left and right, left and right, left and right, that has been lately from big tech companies. It makes me incredibly unsure of the future of this podcast as well. Like, I was jokingly like saying in the beginning of the year, ah, maybe they will come from our podcast. Now that I see that the, like, the raw footage is like, oh, it is trying to uh, uh, spread the narrative. What narrative is a raw footage of something trying to spread? What is the narrative there? It's raw fucking footage. It's not altered in any way. Why take it down? Makes zero sense. Right. Uh, another guy, uh, let's see, Ford Fisher a popular video, mm-hmm. video journalist and co-founder of News to Share, also reported having footage uh, he captured at the Capitol attack purged by YouTube. Uh, he said he stressed that historical importance of the footage in a tweet on Tuesday by noting that it has been cited by lawmakers in the impeachment case of Donald Trump. Yeah. YouTube claim uh, this is a quote from him. YouTube claims that such content is spam, fundamentally misunderstanding that work covering then President Trump's election fraud claims is not the same as promoting such claims, he said. Their decision right. to remove the work was either automated, in which case human oversight and review is unacceptable and lacking, or it was human, in which case it was common sense and is unacceptably lacking. Zero fucking sense. Well, I mean, that's the thing they're going to say is that, oh, it was it was just the computer that, you know, it was the software just kind of found it and was like, oh, that's involved with the Capitol riot, so we're just going to... It's the whole, uh, you can't say COVID on YouTube because if you say the word COVID-19 on YouTube, instantly your video will just get demonetized even though it had nothing to do with you know, COVID disinformation, you just can't even say the word now on YouTube, right? Yeah, no, and, uh, like, yeah, this, this is, like, 
this is this is one of the biggest reasons why why I'm scared. Like I'm I'm scared for the future. I I don't see anything. Like we talked about last week as well with with uh, Robinhood, like tech companies uh, working for the bigger man. Like is this a part of a, an onslaught of like uh, freedom of expression? I think it is. Uh yeah, I mean. We should listen to what the guy who owns Status Coup... Status Coup is the, like we said, the video we watched the day of the riot, the live-streamed video of a guy in the crowd right outside the Capitol building, and we were watching it before they actually breached the doors, right? This guy was filming yeah, yeah. way before that. Um, yeah. And so let's listen to what Jordan Sheraton, the guy who put up this footage has to say about it, I guess. Give me a countdown. I'll watch it, like, what, two minutes? Uh, something like that? Yep. In three, two, one, play. Graham Elwood, one of the nicest guys you could find. You know, he might not be a reporter in the field, but he right, Graham, hard, Graham Elwood is another guy who got a week. demonetized. I, I don't know what right. he has. I think, like, 70-something, 70 70,000 subscribers. It's hard work to build a channel. Jen and I have been working six, seven days a week for three years to build this. Sorry about the bad audio. Subscribers, by the way. But Graham Elwood, I guess he did a segment on JFK's assassination, and all of a sudden he's demonetized? Well, JFK's assassination is one of the most commonly discussed scandals in American history. There's a gazillion books about it. There's a gazillion documentaries about it. it. There's a whole industry on JFK's assassination. By the way, just me saying the words JFK assassination probably means this video. <laughs> or this channel. This, that's what we've been worried that's about for the last year. Yeah. Silicon Valley does not have the right. I don't care if it's a private platform. You do not have the right to dictate <laughs> what is the acceptable topics, what is not the acceptable topics. And the truth is, and I've seen, I've seen YouTube's explanations when they took down our live videos, historic footage that John Farina shot for us at the Capitol. I'm not exaggerating. He put his life on the line. When you are in those situations, how would he know, or if I was there, which I wasn't, mm-hmm. how do you know if shots are going to be fired any minute when you have a mob storming the Capitol? <laughs> How do you know mm-hmm. if it, shots are not going to start firing at any minute? There were armed militiamen. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> who is Google and YouTube? When they took down our historic footage, they said, uh, this is advancing claims. Right. Advancing false claims of election fraud. You know, they said years ago, the banks, if they're too big to fail, they must be taken down. We could stop it there. Well, yeah, if your algorithm yeah. is too... Yeah, no, I agree. It's algorithms. Everything they, they, they write, like, uh, like he says, if your algorithm can't see the difference between a news source and QAnon, there's something wrong with your algorithm. Right. Like, yeah. Or you're not you're not paying attention enough, you know. You know, like right. like it said earlier uh, in the earlier article, it's like 
it's either one it's either a computer is going over this and just saying hey that's that's talking about this specific thing and in in my database it humans told me hey block this so in that case it was a human that told the algorithm to block this right or it was a human that came in and saw it and went hey we can't we we can't have this we have to block this so either way it was caused by a human like a lot of people want to blame it on the algorithm but you have to tell a computer what to do right an algorithm has to be written an algorithm yep. doesn't just appear out of nowhere Blame Canada. Blame <laughs> right. Canada. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, talking about the riots, uh, Trump's uh, impeachment is going on. Uh, Senate uh, trial is uh, constitutional and can go ahead because this was the big thing that they were talking about. Oh, they can't impeach Donald Trump now because he's not the president anymore. He's a private person, so you can't impeach a private person. He's not a president anymore. The U.S. Senate has found that the impeachment of tr impeachment trial of Donald Trump is constitutional, allowing full proceedings to begin. Uh, Mr. Trump's defense team argued that he could not face trial after leaving the White House, but in a yeah. 56 to 44 majority vote uh, favoring continuing uh, the trial, Mr. Uh, Trump is accused of inciting insurrection when Congress was stormed last month. Uh, however, Trump is also certain to be acquitted because si only six Republican senators voted to move forward with the impeachment. Yeah, and uh, they need 17 votes, right? Uh, 17 Republican votes would, would be what right. they would need for conviction, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, in theory, yes, because they need, I think it's two-thirds two of a vote, or two-thirds right. of the uh, Senate, right, they need to vote, so yeah. Yeah, no, like I said, I've kept half an eye on this. I don't think, uh, uh... Uh, he will be uh, convicted at all. Uh, I mean, if history has anything to say about it, uh, rich white men generally don't go to jail. So yeah. <laughs> is that is that the like the sequel to White Man Can't Jump? White <laughs> Man Can't Go to the uh, to the Jail. I think White Man Can't Jump would be like uh, the most obvious of titles for a movie about Donald Trump, but okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can't jump. Have you? Uh, that's a good question. Have we ever seen him jump? Because I know I've seen I've seen Bernie throw a jump shot, because Bernie right. plays basketball, so I know I, he can jump. I've never seen Donald Trump jump. Hmm. Weird. Okay. Mm. Maybe he believes uh, in the flat earth and doesn't believe in gravity. Right, so, so he's afraid he's going to just the, float away? Yes. Right. Yes. So that's the reason why he doesn't jump. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my conspiracy theory of this week. Uh, hey, we have a coronavirus update. Uh, because, guess what? The variant concerns rising globally as it spreads grows in the U.S., and this uh, is the South African virus, I should say. 
Right. Uh, of the South, South African variant. Health experts are increasingly increasingly concerned about the coronavirus variant that originated in South Africa, known as B1351, as it shows the ability to weaken vaccine protections from all of the companies uh, to date. So every mm-hmm. company that has some kind of vaccine... None of them work, according to this. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. AstraZeneca has hit another speed bump from pause in rolling out its COVID-19 vaccine in South Africa. I think we just need to suspend use of uh, AstraZeneca, but investigate it more fully to see if it can be utilized more effectively. But then today we're seeing, in a switch, South Africa is going to give health workers a Johnson & Johnson vaccine instead of the AstraZeneca. So... Even South Africa is like, this doesn't work. Um, instead, the country will roll out its Johnson & Johnson vaccine, though it has not been authorized yet by healthcare workers. Both J&J and Pfizer have applied for emergency use in South Africa. So right. the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has not actually been... Uh, ex- like, it's not an authorized vaccine. Right. That's because it contains... Uh children's uh shampoo i think johnson and johnson got sued recently for uh the they were the one that got sued remember uh baby the baby powder that caused cancer oh yeah yes that was johnson and johnson (laughs) Uh, i just think it's weird especially weird because we did a a couple months talking about how the russian vaccine it it hadn't been authorized right Yes. And that everybody was like, hey, well, no, it's been authorized now. We talked about it last week, how it's yeah, 90, 92% effective, right? In, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it hasn't been authorized in, in, in all countries. Oh, right, okay. And yet this Johnson & Johnson vaccine is being used mm-hmm. in South Africa, and nobody seems to be upset about that, even though it it hasn't been authorized. I think that's a little yeah. hypocritical, don't you? <laughs> That is the definition of what I would call hypocritical. But I think the big I, I think that's yeah. I think the big thing is that this variant uh, is is spreading. I guess you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's what we're worried about here as well. It's, I mean, when was the first time we on this podcast talked about the mink variant? Many months before many months anybody ago. seemed to yeah. think it was a big deal. <laughs> Right. We were like, hey, this could be a big deal <laughs> at yeah. the time. And everybody was like, eh, well, whatever. It's just a bunch of minks, right? Nobody cares about right. minks, bro. Yeah, sneezing minks. Who cares? <laughs> Virus variant <laughs> yeah, no. first found in Britain, which is not true because it was first found in, what? It was a Dutch country of some type. I can't remember. No, it was Denmark. Denmark, okay. Yes. The virus variant first found in Britain now spreading rapidly in the U.S. more Contagious. The more contagious variant of the coronavirus first found in Britain is spreading rapidly in the United States, doubling roughly every, t- every 10 days, according to a new study. Analyzing yeah. half a million coronavirus tests, hundreds of genomes, a team of researchers predicted that in a month, this variant could become the predominant vari- uh, coronavirus variant in the United States, potentially bringing a new surge of cases and increased risk of death in the United States. Yeah, because this is the B seven, uh, sorry, B one one seven. I I think this is kind of like weird because <clears throat> sorry, 
here here in Norway, uh, we just got the mink vaccine a little in some very few counties. Okay. And cool. uh, yeah, I know. Isn't that super cool? I didn't know that. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, it's awful. But uh, yeah, no. What they are uh, now talking about is shutting down uh, uh, a lot of. Um, uh, flights uh, to, to hold back the the African virus because that is maybe what uh, the Norwegian government is now more afraid of, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, California, which is right under me, where I'm in Oregon, is basically being torn apart by this virus right now. Um, yeah. The new variant. Uh, and it Seems like it's not being talked about enough. I mean, to me, it seems like when we first went into this last a year ago, March, February, mm-hmm. March, a year ago, everybody was like, oh, my God, we got to stay inside. But and now this is happening and it doesn't seem like the same level of concern is being um, emitted by people around me, by the government, by you know what I mean? It seems like it's more dangerous, but people are taking it less seriously. Right. And that's terrifying to me. Right. Uh, I think the reason for that, in two words, is just the time period. Like like you said, it has gone now such a long time and people are not seeing... Um, this is going to sound very gruesome. Like, I think people are not aware of it because... Uh, the TV is it's not showing the bad side of it. Like people are not seeing people dying of corona on TV. If this were was some like pictures of people dying in their beds, coughing out blood of their lungs, I think people would be more concerned about it. I think a lot of like media uh, um, focus has been like, oh, the economy is going to shit. Like. Do you really worry about the uh, American economy if you're dead? Like, is that very, very important for you if you're dead? <laughs> like, it, people need to prioritize. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, they think it's, it's more important to open my restaurant that has been closed now for almost a year because I'm going bankrupt, Luke, and that will hurt my family. Right. Yes, that is important. It is very, very important. But it is more important that you're not dying. And I, that's what people don't understand. Because, oh, it's been so long. I would have gotten it now. By now, I would have gotten it if it was this contagious, Luke. That's what people are thinking. Well, I mean, my the people around me, we started locking down again without the government telling us to maybe two weeks right. ago because we knew that this variant was coming and we were like okay yeah we're gonna stop uh, we had uh, at least the people around me we had started being a little more lax we had started going to town more than we used to be in the last year we started uh seeing more people than we had um things like that uh you know, still socially distanced, but now it's like we have to go back to where we were a year ago. And we're doing it, but I don't see everybody around us doing it, right? I I feel like... Yeah, because not not everybody is that concerned. 
like I said. And it's terrifying. That's terrifying to me. It says here that uh, it's difficult to determine just how widespread the variant uh, B117 is. It contains a distinctive set of 23 mutations scattered mm. along the genome that is 30,000 genetic letters long. Uh, the best way to figure out if the variant uh, belongs to the B117 lineage is to sequence the entire genome, uh, a process which can only be carried out by special machines. The CDC uh, lab testing company examined the COVID-19 samples for signs of the variant. Uh, the variant can deliver a negative result in one of three tasks, tests that the CDC uses. So that's a whole other thing like it it's also harder to test for yeah so oh, yeah i mean it's just i feel like this is not being talked about enough maybe it's just me <laughs> no no i totally I agree i totally agree i think it is i i just think that that it's like i said uh, people are not taking it seriously enough because they don't understand that uh, because I haven't gotten it in a year uh, uh, doesn't mean that I will probably not get, get it now. That's what it, most people think. People are thinking, oh, I can't get it. Because, hey, I would have gotten it by now. I don't think it's just contagious. regular people, though. I, I, at least in America, what I'm seeing is a lot of talk of like, oh, we got to reopen schools. Uh, it's been right. too long. Yeah. The schools need to reopen. Yeah. It's like, yeah, maybe four months ago. Talking about reopening mm -hmm. schools would have been a good idea. Now, yeah, but not now. But no, not now. But we're acting like, yeah, it's the same as it was four months ago, and it's just—it's not. Right. I, I don't understand how people can be so dense, right? I, I, maybe it's because just because we have been talking about right it. Else. Maybe yeah. it's because we've been talking about it since the mink thing initially happened, and we're going like, yeah. "Hey, we've been telling you, hello." Maybe that's why yeah. we feel so weird about it. Because we have followed it. Right. We are aware of it because we are smart enough to sit down and look at it. And that's why why, why we have this podcast. is like also to spread the information to people that don't research this for themselves. I mean, a lot of people just don't have time to do that kind of research. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not their fault. It's not, like they're no, it's not like they're stupid. Right, yeah. No. I blame the fucking media. Right, definitely. It's the media's fault. Anyway, talking about media, uh, Julian Assange supporters urged Joe Biden to drop prosecution, saying Trump was opposed to free pa press. Uh, this is never, ever going to happen. Um, media freedom groups and supporters of Julian Assange have asked under uh, the Biden administration to drop the U.S., Pursuit as uh, of the WikiLeaks founder saying Donald Trump was obsessed, uh, opposed to the idea of free press. He may be obsessed first... as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> probably both. In their first appeal to the U.S. government since Joe Biden became president less than three weeks ago, more than 20 groups working to promote human rights and free media wrote to the Department of Justice asking them to drop the case uh, against Mr. Assange, saying they were fearful uh, the way that a pres uh, president uh, created by uh, prosecuting Assange could 
we leveraged uh, the indictment of uh, Mr. Assange threatens press freedom because much of the conduct described in the indictment was is conducted that journalists engage in routinely that they must engage in order to do their work in the public needs them to do, said the letter signed by groups including Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, and the Freedom of the Press Foundation. Right. Do you think Biden will even respond to this, I guess, is the question. We haven't heard anything from the Biden administration yet on this, but honestly, we haven't heard anything from the Biden administration in the three weeks that he's been president, as far as I can tell. So... I said it. I said to someone, "It's okay that that uh, I don't miss Trump tweeting, but I do miss knowing what's going on in the in the presidency, right? Because they this presidency seemed like you went from everything being on the table to nothing being on. Like there's literally it's it's like that scene in Hook where they pull out the food and all the plates are empty. That's the Biden administration." More or less. Yeah, no, I, I, I do miss knowing something about the American government. But, uh, yeah. I, I, mean, understand, I, I kind I, of understand why Biden is so distant right now specifically is because if yeah. he was to say anything, people are going to yeah. get on his back. So I understand that. But at the same time, it's like we need a leader right now in America. Yeah, and yeah. you're doing the exact opposite thing of leading. You're standing in the background. Right? And that's not yeah. a leader standing in the background. I'm still standing. A uh, man charged in the uh, U.S. Capitol. We talked about this week, last week or the week before. Uh, guess what? He uh, worked uh, for the FBI, lawyer says. Right. You would think that this was a story we talked about last week, right, From? Yeah. It sounds like that's what you thought, but that's not what this is about. Oh, really? We talked about a guy who was in the Proud Boys last week, Fro. Ah. Who was a informant for the FBI. But this week, a man who authorities say is the leader for the far-right Oath Keepers militia group. Different group. Okay. Okay. And helped organize the ring of extremists that led the attack on the U.S. Capitol has held top-secret clearance for decades and previously worked for the FBI. So wait a second. Two of the leaders right. of the groups that attacked the Capitol both worked for the FBI? Mm. This, hmm. Mm. Thomas Caldwell, who authorities believe hold leadership role in the extremist group, worked as a section chief for the FBI from 2009 to 2010 after retiring from the Navy. He wrote in a motion urging to the judge uh, to release him for jail, release him from jail as he awaits trial for attacking the Capitol. So this came out in his trial. Uh, it was like his lawyer came out and said, "Hey, this is he. He was an FBI agent. This give him be lenient on him." Okay. So my theory of this be uh, the government or FBI being behind this riot seems more and more plausible. Uh, Caldwell is one of three people authorities have described as Oath Keepers who were charged last month with conspiracy to accuse uh, of plotting the attack on the Capitol. He has been locked up since uh, his arrest at home 
at his home in Berryville, Virginia on January 19th. Caldwell's lawyer said he denies ever going into the Capitol building and has physical limitations that would prevent him from forcing his way into any building, is what they're saying. What kind of physical limitations does this guy have? I, that's from his lawyer, so who, who knows? <laughs> Seems a little like wedge. Uh, right, he's one of many, uh, 200 people charged so far uh, on the siege in the Capitol. Several members oh, of the Proud Boys, a far-right uh, group, uh, have seized on the Trump administration's, have also been charged with conspiracy. Right, okay, so it's just weird that this guy also happened to be former FBI, yeah. right? Yeah. And he also happened to be the leader of the other biggest group that led this so the leader of the proud boys was a F fbi informant the leader of the oath keepers was former fbi uh, who had special clearance so it's just kind of like okay so both the ma main leaders of the people who attacked the capitol building or were former fbi i mean either it says one thing uh th that there was some fbi involvement or that these people who were former FBI saw something that they didn't like, and now they went out and tried to attack the government, right? There's that other oh. option that, like, maybe they were just dis disgruntled FBI former FBI people. Hmm. Right? So there's that option as well. So I don't want to... I'm not creating a conspiracy theory that the FBI... Uh, the government tried to attack itself, even though there's some... Oh. Uh, I guess some people would make that jump... But there's a I possibility that, that these, right, you would make that jump, but I'm just saying there yeah. is a possibility that these are just disgruntled former uh, government, people who worked with the government, and now they were disgruntled, so they did this, right. And I say, if it walks like a chicken, talks like a chicken, and looks like a chicken, guess what? I will believe it's a chicken. Right, but we're not going to say 2 plus 2 equals 4 on this podcast. No, no, no. no. We can never say it's, oh, 2 plus 2 is 4. Right. <laughs> right. Because we're not conspiracy theorists or anything. Uh, do you think uh, Mike Pence is going to talk about this on his new podcast? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I But I do feel like... Him talking on a podcast is going to be more... I'm, we're going to hear more words out of him than we did the entire presidency of Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, so, since he he's getting into podcast, should we try to get him on the podcast? I don't think he would be, but we can try. I mean, I would be totally willing to try <laughs> if we could find an email. If anybody has an email for Mike Pence, we would totally be willing to... <laughs> He, I feel like he would be a terrible interview, though, is the problem. What? What is the first thing you would ask my pants, though? Uh, about the fly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, did what? You, what? You, did you yeah, notice you, the fly? Oh, did you feel yeah. it and just, like, not, <laughs> just not acknowledge it? Or, like, how did that... Like, did you find out later after the event? Or did you find out during the event? You know, that would be my first question for sure. I think my first question would be, uh, um, <laughs> why the fuck did you say yes to this interview? <laughs> <laughs> Barely two weeks after leaving office, the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, has switched his attention to attracting new hearts and minds to a, the conservative cause as he hosts a podcast directed at American youth. 
Mike Pence will become the first <laughs> Ronald crazy. Reagan presidential scholar as the Young American Foundation, a group set up in the 1960s to pr promote conservative values, billing himself as the Rush Limbaugh on decaf, a mild version <laughs> of firebrand right-wing radio personalities. Uh, Mike Pence uh, uh, is going to host uh, a podcast discussing conservative and religious themes. So it's not only going to be conservative, it's also going to be a religious podcast. Nice. Yeah, no. Finally, uh, a podcast I will definitely not listen to. <laughs> I, right, I'm never going to... I mean, seriously, this... Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about, like, everybody and their mother has a podcast. This is yeah. above and beyond. Because have you ever heard Mike Pence talk... He is not a good, like, can you imagine listening to an hour and a half of Mike Pence talk? No. Right, you can't even imagine it because it's just like, uh, well, I guess if you really needed to fall asleep and you needed sure. something to listen to, Mike Pence podcast might be the best thing to sure. lie down and listen, like put your headphones in and just kind of like fall asleep <laughs> to Mike Pence, like talking about God, I guess. Mike Pence reading fairy tales to me in the sleep would be nice. Yeah, no. But just make sure you're not... You, the thing about, like, I don't know, do you use earbuds when you fall asleep, or do you, like, have a speaker, or do you listen to stuff? Yeah, you... yeah I, I, I sleep with my mobile uh, uh, aside me. I hear usually a book or a podcast. Uh, yeah, I... Sometimes I'll uh, listen to stuff when I'm falling asleep. It just depends. Like, generally, uh, it, it can be easier to fall asleep if you've been, like, watching TV or listening yeah. to stuff all day. It's easier to yeah. wind down when I'm in yeah. bed if I have something to listen to, right? Yeah, especially after I do this podcast, I do it. Oh, really? I oh, well, to, yeah. Yeah, because I have to rewind. Like, uh, I use a lot of energy during this podcast when we record, mm -hmm. and, like... Uh, uh, then it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> and you have to kind of, like, go down from, like, being on it for two hours to, like, oh, now your body is going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's, like, yeah. a crazy switch, yeah. for sure. I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I do uh, use uh, sometimes my AirPods, but... Uh, I usually use uh, the speaker of the mobile phone. I usually use wired I headphones. I can't, I can't swallow the mobile phone, so mm, you, you can't swallow them. Well, depends. They remember back in the day they had those little tiny cell phones that were like back when yeah. it was like yeah in like the early two thousands. They're like how small can we make uh, a cell phone? Yeah, maybe those ones. Everybody but... was. Uh, everybody was trying to outgo themselves to make the, the smallest one, the thinnest one. Right, and, and now, now it's like, how like big can the screen sense. be? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't think I will swallow my Samsung Galaxy 20s Plus Ultra. <laughs> right. But a man uh, is warning people against using headphones, specifically earbuds, while falling asleep after healthcare workers had to remove the wireless earbuds from his esophagus. Uh, Worcester resident Brad Gothry, who detailed his bizarre experience in a Facebook post, went to bed on Monday listening to his music. He woke up Tuesday shoveling snow for about an hour, then went inside to take a sip of water. 
but the lick, uh, the water wouldn't go down. He had to learn over, he had to lean over to drain it from his throat. He noticed he was missing one of his wireless earbuds at this point, which he typically uses uh, as he falls to sleep. Uh, his son suggested that perhaps his father had swallowed the ear earbud, which is exactly what had happened. An x-ray from local emergency clinic uh, revealed this to be true. The small plastic device was lo lodged in his lower esophagus. Okay. Mm. I mean, I use e earbuds when I fall asleep, but I always use the wired ones. And I remember even when I was right. very young, like wait, even before iPods, before any... I was using a Walkman, uh, like a... <laughs> you know, a tape, uh, and I would have my earbuds in. I remember my mom being mad that I would wear headphones when I was falling asleep because she was like, you're mm. going to strangle yourself with the cord. strangle yourself, yeah, with the cord. Right, <laughs> but so now times. we have wireless earbuds, and apparently it's much yeah. more dangerous to strangle yourself because you're going to swallow them. <laughs> so a Walkman for every kid uh, that is listening to is something called tapes. Tapes were these like square things you put inside <laughs> of a Walkman, and then you pushed play, and you heard a song for 60 minutes, and then you had to turn the thing over, and you could hear new 60 minutes of the song. Well, the funny thing is, uh, I yeah. had a Discman at the time, Yes, which was yeah. like the CD version of a Walkman, but... It, when you're sleeping, a Discman, if you were to roll over, if you remember, Discman yes. would skip all the yes. time. Skip. Skip but a Walkman wouldn't skip, so that's why I used yep. it when I was trying to sleep back in the day, because mm -hmm. it wouldn't skip. That was the only reason I used it over my Discman, which I actually had, and I used at school when I was awake and things, right. but yeah. So, a CD, every kid. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> a compact disc, everybody. <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm not a cat. Are you a cat? Um, I'm, it's possible. It depends on which uh, reality we're in. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I have seen this uh, very, very, very funny video of this um, cat on the UK news. In three, two, one, play. Guardian. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video <laughs> settings uh, you might want to uh, take, take we're a trying look. to we're tr can you hear me judge i can hear you i think it's a i can hear you it is and i don't know how to remove it i've got my assistant here she's trying to but uh oh the cat is so forward cute. with it that's i'm here live that's not i'm not a cat i'm not a cat he's not a cat I'm not a cat. I can I can see that. Um, I can see I you're not a cat. The, because okay. cats don't talk, just... generally. <laughs> yeah, just generally, though. Sometimes, yeah. they, you know, in movies and TV shows, they talk. My cats talk to me, look. <laughs> right, yeah. He's like, yeah. hey, I'm not a cat. Not, I don't talk like my cats talk to me. Right. <laughs> Hey, do you like Unity, Luke? Uh, generally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trum doesn't like Unity, because Unity, my ass. This is Trum Macron tells the truth. Why is it that people who are angry at something never take the 
pings and the powers that really causes the problems. A lot of people now have been storming the Congress and Senate and whatever you call your fucking government buildings and, and they are angry. They want to follow the constitution. They are poor. They are difficult. Life is fucking hard. Yeah, bitches. Yes, it is. But everybody knows that the government is not to blame. It never has. A government is just a reflection of your errors. The government is shitty because you are shitty. Because you elect shitty politicians who are bored. He's always talking about elites. But when you're doing politics and you, you are a part of the elite. But there are also another elite. The people on Wall Street who don't give a shit about you. People who are never going to raise your wages. Never going to give you health care. And never going to give you a possibility to do anything. Do you really think that people who are on the top of the ladder just had an ideology it's like, if I can get up there, I'm going to help people. I'm going to pull them up. Just give me all the government's money. Give me most tax cuts. Work three, four jobs. You really believe that? Because you can storm the government building, put in a dictator like President Golden Shower and so on. But there's some assholes who's running the country is still going to run the country because they have people like you. You are their sheeps. A lot of, I'm not going to put the Nazi card there, but a lot of people ask, why could Hitler do what he did? Because the people didn't ask questions. They were stupid, just followed. That's what you are. QAnon and all the bullshit conservatives. They're all talking about, we cannot put President Golden Shower for trial because they're going to put a, open some sore wounds. We cannot get together anymore. You know what? People have to shut the fuck up by getting together because the Republicans never talk about unity. When they had the majority and they had the presidency, they always when they lose, then we're going to come together. Because when they are angry, there's something you could take serious. When the left are angry, it's because they don't follow the rules. They just don't stop whining. Meeting in the middle is not possible anymore. Because the, I talked about this before. The middle is far to the right now. The right have to move to the left. They have to go into the middle. You know, they have to go and be a fucking part again. The problem with conservatism is today is they have no more people to blame. They cannot blame the government because they are buying them, buying them out every time they come in trouble. They cannot blame foreigners. They cannot blame black. They cannot black blame and they cannot blame gays anymore. So they make up screw up their ways. And why like this? Conservatism is the losing ideology because they are a fucking bunch of losers. The left should pull the head out their asses and stop waiting for a savior and do the job. Yeah, people are gonna get angry. I had it in politics in Norway too, like, you are too, I don't know what they call it, yeah, but you don't unify enough. I'm not unifying enough because, because I don't listen to the people who are screaming all the time, who's making a big noise, who do everything to let other people not have it their word? 
Yeah, because that's what debating people on the right are debating this, these days. Screaming, making loud noise, and claiming they're discriminated. Everybody know if the riots on Capitol Hill was done by the Black Panthers or the Black Lives Matters, there'd be much more casualties. There would be dead people everywhere. And if they did against Wall Street, yeah, I think you know what I'm going to say next, so I don't have to say it. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Have a fucking nice day. I'm glad it's not unity around my house. I will say that. What is that? What, what what does that mean? That sounded very sexual. <laughs> it does. Hey, um, have you seen some asinine TV shows this week? See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> I did. I saw Fate: The Wink Saga, which I think you saw like two Why? weeks ago or something. Why? Why? Well, actually, it's because uh, I saw a YouTuber make a video about it. And then I was like, I want to watch it before I watch the YouTuber's video about it. And that's the only reason I watch this show. (laughs) It is atrociously bad. Yes, I mean, it's... um, But it's also kind of just uh, Harry Potter with fairies, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, like, very... I mean, it's almost the same story. Like, her family... Her family doesn't die, but she, like, hurts her family, so she has to be taken to this other realm where they have this uh, school that happens to be a big castle, and then all these people are there who happen to be, like, wizards and things. It's like, this is Harry Potter with with fairies. Sure. Uh, Swell Entertainment was the name of the YouTube video uh, that I was... Love, love Swell. She's very, very good. I mean, I, I think she's yeah. a, one of the most underrated YouTubers right now, maybe? Oh, definitely. Yeah. She's up on the list, yeah. She's growing, though. Hey, uh, guess what I found out this week? I found out uh, that I was fucking wrong about Resident Alien. For, for fuck's sake, that is a funny show. Uh, right. That got me this, this week. Like, episode one, I was very negative. If you listen back to last week... I was very negative about it. I was like, eh, not good. But the two episodes that was this week totally got me. It is now one of my favorite shows. I wouldn't say favorite shows, but it, it definitely it's improved so for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny. I love the premise. And I love, I love how he's so weird. Like, that's what I didn't understand in the first episode was kind of, uh, the thing with him, like, uh, entering this human body, how he had to, to learn, like, to be a human, right. and things like that. And we're getting a lot of more, like, backstory in the two episodes that was after. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to admit it, I was fucking wrong. It's very, very funny. I, I, in the first episode, they kind of gave you the idea of how he was built. When, when, they showed him watching TV and learning... How to speak English in the first episode, but in the next episode, I didn't see it. I didn't know there were three episodes. I only saw two episodes so far, but uh, in the next episode, they definitely show like kind of how he progressed as being going from alien. But at the same time, he's evil in the show. You got to remember that like he's also the bad guy as well as the main Mm -hmm. character, which I think is super. That's the really interesting part of the premise to me. Yeah, no, I just loved it. Uh, I I think uh, it is one of the best comedies right now. Right now, it is. Sure. 
Uh, should we talk? Um, let's talk about that at the end. In, uh, Invisible City on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this? I did. Um, it's a. I don't remember. Is this from Brazil? I believe. Uh, no, it's Spanish. Spanish. Okay. Um. Yes. This this is not a great TV show. No. Uh, it's about a. Uh, it's about a guy who's uh, who's investigating a murder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just kind of investigating how any kind of in- cop investigator would investigate it, but he finds out kind of slowly in the show that like there's some magical underground world that he doesn't know about that involves this murder. Is that the best way to describe it without kind of like... Yes. Yeah. Sure. And it's boring. Right. It's so fucking boring. It is atrociously boring. I was definitely two episodes and I'm out. Oh, yeah. Me too. I I think the problem with this show was mostly to do with uh, the writing. And maybe that has... Mm -hmm. Because I watched it with the dub. Maybe the dub was really bad and that had to do... I I, I don't know. What did you... No, because because I didn't watch it with dub. Oh, okay. Right. Then then there's no excuse, I guess. Oh, this is Portuguese. It's Portuguese, apparently. Okay. I thought it was Spanish. Oh, no. It's in Portuguese. Oh, it it is Brazilian. Okay. They just speak... They speak Portuguese in Brazil. All right. There we go. Okay. Okay. Anyway, yeah, no, it's it's terrible, terrible acting uh, as well as storytelling, and very, very, very slow. And kind of like after the first episode, you kind of like go like, okay, what are they trying to tell me? Well, like there wasn't really a storyline that was interesting at all. Well, I think like, they're trying they to like introduce you to this other world in the first episode, but they don't yeah. do a good job of like um, fleshing it in out the to beach. the point where you're like, yeah. "Oh, I really want to find out about this in the second episode." Yeah. At the end of the second yeah. episode, you're kind of like, "Okay, now I know about this this uh, other world, but like, why should I care?" And I don't really care about this murder because uh, I'm more interested in what this other world is, right? So the whole thing kind of yeah. just. It it was a self defeating story. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I gave this three and five, three point five. What did I give this? Uh, oh, I gave it a three. So we, we were damn close. Uh, I saw Tiger this week. Uh, uh, the documentary about Tiger Woods. Oh, um, okay. I didn't know this was a thing. This is a amazing documentary i really 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 think you should watch this i think it's two or three episodes i'm not sure i don't remember uh, uh but uh because i saw the first episode a week ago and yeah no it has to be three i think uh because i saw two, two this week uh but yeah no uh about tiger woods and how he was pushed as a kid mm-hmm. uh, and how big a douchebag his dad was like you think of Jack, uh, like Michael Jackson being pushed by his dad Tito like this, this is that level bad yeah um, that was something we all at least I always knew even from when I was a kid that his dad was like a huge yeah. asshole I, I mean the, yeah. it, the funny part is if you go back into the, like media I, when I was a kid I remember them like praising his dad as like oh he pushed him so hard to become like the best 
and they made it yeah, like no. sound like he was a good guy. But I think everybody, yeah, no. when I was a kid, always knew that like something was something bad was going on there. Yeah. So yeah, no, I recommend this. I give it a eight point five. It's on HBO. I saw the Equalizer this week with Queen Latifah. Everybody, <laughs> why did you see this? Was it because we saw it during Super Bowl sixteen thousand times? <laughs> we did see this commercial about a bill. We didn't see it as many times as we saw the Paramount <laughs> Plus commercials. That was like the commercial that really overtook the Super Bowl. But uh, we did yeah. see the Equalizer commercial. I think the reason is because the Equalizer is on CBS, which is also mm. going to be on the Paramount plus network so it was almost right. the equalizer was also an extension of commercials for paramount plus right and it also was right after the super bowl so oh that's true too and it was all the super bowl was also on cbs so it was kind of like right. it was all it was a, a gimmick to kind of draw people in to keep watching cbs and maybe get cbs all access which will end up becoming paramount plus is what we found out mm-hmm uh, should we talk yeah. about Paramount Plus now? I will, I'll go into The Equalizer, sure. and we'll talk about Paramount Plus right after that. Um, okay. The Equalizer was like a movie with Denzel Washington from 2014 yeah. that I never saw. Yeah, I am a big fan of The Equalizer crew. I think The Equalizer 1 is okay. I think The Equalizer crew is better. Okay, so you saw the movie. So how does this TV movie, show yes. compare to the movies? Uh, is it the same plot line? Kind of con- yeah, the plot line is same-ish. But uh, this is a bad, 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 bad version of the movie. That's fucking sure. Uh, I have to admit something here that I actually have to watch it twice. Because guess what? I fell asleep the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised, actually. <laughs> I just, like, like, this could have been a better... I feel like Queen Latifah does not fit the role. No, she doesn't at all. Like... She doesn't fit it at all. It doesn't work. I mean, I there's nothing yeah. again. I Queen Latifah, I've seen her in things, and she's a can, can be a fairly good actress, yeah. right? I've seen her in good I, things. But I think it's also the manuscript she was kind of being forced to work with. Well, it's not that. I just didn't think her in this character does not work as the character of like the FB or the CIA former CIA agent that's gone rogue. That just doesn't. Right. That's not Queen Latifah. That's not who she is as like a yeah. character as a she, person. She doesn't fit that she, role. I'm going to say it. She seems a little too nice. To fit this uh, role. Well, yeah, that, yeah, she totally. Doesn't, she, she, she doesn't seem badass enough to play this. I don't also look. I don't look at Queen Latifah and go uh, parkour specialist, <laughs> right? <laughs> Those things don't. They don't come together in my mind. But somehow this TV show tries to make that a thing, and it doesn't like. They don't connect. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's a little like. Having sex on in your uh, in your uh, in your waterbed and like letting it spread leak. It just like this 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 TV show was atrociously bad. Uh, yeah, this is about uh, Queen Latifah, who is the equalizer, I guess. She 
mm-hmm. has this mysterious background that we don't really know about because they always uh, super mysterious. They, they do the whole like, oh, let's do the thing that we did back in Qatar. <laughs> that whole yeah. thing that's like so. Cl- the, the thing about the show, everything in it was super cliche. Was a real yes. problem. Um, yeah, it, it was very. Uh, CIA forward in the sense that there was a lot of kind of propaganda in here. They talk mm. about Venezuela in like the first 15 minutes in a negative way mm. um, for no reason. It has nothing to do with the story. They just need to put in, no. hey, Venezuela no, bad no. in the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also this story about this kid that needs protection is kind of like over the top, like, oh, the bad guys are getting me out. Oh, the police can't help me because they think I was holding a gun. Like, everything is so set up in the wrong way in the show. It's like, if nothing works. Absolutely nothing works. Right. I guess the show is about this group of people who are kind of, like, trying to help uh, the downtrodden, I guess. But they're, like, sure. doing it in a way where it's, like, incredibly <laughs> condescending. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, we're here to help the the people who aren't being helped by the rest of society. But we also somehow have, like, a multi-million dollar budget, according to, like, this <laughs> yeah. show, because our headquarters has, like, this gigantic screen in the middle of it. Yeah, it makes zero sense. It makes absolutely zero sense. I gave this a 2.5. Uh, I gave this a... Where is it? 3.5. Okay. Uh, I've seen Firefly Lane this week on Netflix. Uh, yes, one of the, we both saw this. One of the most amazing TV shows of the world. Um, it's about two women that have uh, been friends since uh, childhood. Right. And uh, High school. one of them... Sorry? High school, not childhood. Like, they were older Uh, when they became... Yes, yes. And uh, one of them grows up to be a super famous Ellen character, and one uh, grows up to be a stay-at-home mom. And it's about them having a relationship together, and also uh, about uh, one of uh, the house mom's... uh, uh, husband uh, uh, trying to have an affair with uh, the best friend, played by Kristen Hugel. Uh, that is an amazingly bad actor, and there's absolutely nothing redeeming about the show. And this was also another reason why I didn't really like this TV show. Catherine Heigl, I think is her name. Yeah, Catherine Heigl. Yeah. There uh, yeah, uh, the show was oh. a bad show. Uh, I don't, I don't know who, the thing, uh, this is another show that's like, this is not made for us, right? No, definitely not. This um, is made for people that like things like Grey's Autonomy. No, well, yeah, n- not only people who like Grey's Anatomy, but like, uh, it's specifically made for 40-something millennial women. Women. Right. Yes. And we're not, we're millennials, or I, we're, you know, on the, whatever, the line of millennials, but, like, we're not millennial women, right? Uh, Okay, we, 
went to that. We went to uh, Firefly Lane, but we skipped over Paramount Plus. Actually, uh, you were talking about how she is kind of the Ellen character in the show. Yeah. I want to go back to the Equalizer and talk about the uh, the Tesla guy character. Yes. yes. What did you Elon think Musk. about their Elon Musk uh, knockoff Elon Musk version <laughs> in the Equalizer? Uh, uh, that's definitely not going to be the 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 main uh, atonist. That's hard to say. Antagonist. The main yeah. villain. Yes. Well, no, but yeah, I, no, I, I just thought it was w- weird that they they have the evil Russian in the first episode. They have uh, anti-Venezuela yes. sentiment in the first episode, and yes. uh, Elon Musk bad all in the first episode yes. of this TV show. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like we said, this was promoted uh, uh, promoted as being kind of the first show that's going to be on the CBS All Access. CBS All Access is going to turn into Paramount Plus. So Paramount Plus mm-hmm. is going to be um, Paramount Movies, CBS content, uh, Nickelodeon content, MTV content. And it's all op- owned by this random company called National Amusement, which we had never yeah. heard of. Not before last week, no. It's like there's Disney, and then there's NBC Universal. Those are like the two mm-hmm. big giant, uh, what, TV companies that like own everything that we think right. about. But we had never, there's this third company called National Amusement that we were like, what the yeah. hell is this? They yeah. own a, lo- a lot of stuff as well. And, and it's like, how have we never heard of this, right? I totally agree, yeah. But it, 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 it is extremely weird that we haven't heard about that. And this company has and, existed since 1936, is what I researched. Yeah. Uh, it was founded in 1936. It didn't actually become, like, a big thing. Like, they were a th- movie theater company, mm-hmm. right? Chain of movie theaters in a certain, like, bo- in Boston. Uh, in 1986 is when uh, they renamed it National Amusement. That year they acquired Viacom... And in the same way, CBS. Like, we've heard of Viacom, right? Like, Viacom, yeah. when I think, like, the big three is one of them. But Viacom got bought out in 1986. And I still think of Viacom as, like, one of the big yeah, ones. But it, it big was tree. bought out yeah. years ago. That It's weird for me to think about. I totally agree. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, it, this whole Paramount Plus thing looks... Super weird uh, that they are trying to release this now. It feels very uh, after the fact, like this is the latest streaming service trying to to uh, release, and it seems weird. I think I think it is uh, very smart, strategic to do it now uh, uh, while Corona is still a thing, because they will probably get a lot of people like. Uh, interested in their content in the beginning. At sure, least. yeah. Paramount but, Plus uh, has been—they've been talking about it for a long time. Like yeah. it's, it's been in the works for a while. I don't know if it was before, um, Corona or not when they announced. I don't remember. Right. But it's been in the in the works for a while, and it's just—it's like there are going to be like Hulu 
and Disney Plus are owned by the same people, right? So what's going to happen, which we've been talking about on this podcast for a while, is three companies are going to go own all the streaming services, but there's going to be all these different streaming services that you think are separate, but they're all owned by three companies, National Amusement, NBC Universal, and Disney, right? And it's going to look like you have the um, option of choice, but really, you're yeah. just choosing between three different things when there's like 20 different things to choose from. I I couldn't agree more. Right. Okay, back to Firefly Lane, I guess. Uh, I gave it a three. I gave it a three as well. Right. I, it's not. I mean, it's not for us, but at the same time, it's also oh. very bad <laughs> because right. the story itself is kind of what's a good word for it. Um. It's it's been done about a million times. Uh, yep. It doesn't really make sense in in the way that like okay, so her friend in this is uh, at, at the end of episode one, you find out she's jealous, right? Right. Clearly, and that's the whole kind of thing. Is like the one the one friend gets everything she wants without even trying, and the other friend tries so hard and never. Never succeeds. What else have you seen? I only saw one more thing, uh, and I know we okay. both saw Framing Britney Spears. The uh, New York Times yes. presents Framing Britney Spears, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this oh, was this hard to find. Interesting. I heard yeah. a lot. Everybody was talking about it this week, and I was like, looked it up and looked it up. Like, I wanted to watch it earlier this week, and I looked it up multiple times. I was like, Framing Britney Spears, but like looking it up, and it was like not finding it, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't find it and everybody else was watching it, and then I found out it's called New York Times Presents Framing Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you helped me find it, so (laughs) that's saying something. You have to help me find it, so. Yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was going to be like a TV show in and of itself, but it was like the sixth episode of another TV show called New York Times Presents, which has all these other, Yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I mean, we talked about the Britney, free Britney movement on this podcast months ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just good to see it in like a documentary format, right? Mm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about her dad? What do you think about the whole situation and, and the documentary itself, I guess? So, uh, I, I... I, I I feel uh, uh, that uh, her lawyer said it best. Like she has had uh, like it a lot of like shows in uh, uh, Las Vegas for uh, audience for years and years and years, and uh, she's not competent to have her own lawyer. That seems a little weird. When, like, like then it's then then it's either one of two things. Then it's abuse by her father that let her do this, or she's so crazy that she she shouldn't have done it. So either it's her fucking dad's fault, and and it, it, yeah, I just felt very uncomfortable, and I really. Really hope she gets guardianship um, to someone else. She has said that she doesn't mind having guardianship as long as it's, it's not her dad. 
I feel like if there were if she felt like she was in a safe situation and yeah. she saw everybody saying this kind of stuff, she would at least yeah. come out and make a statement, "Hey, everybody don't worry about me." But she hasn't done that, and that makes me wor- more worried about her. I feel like she would have come out and said something about this, especially since this documentary came out, and it's been almost a week since it came mm-hmm. out. You would think she would make a statement like, hey, everything's fine. You know what I mean? Right. And that and hasn't happened. Her boyfriend went bananas and called her dad a piece of shit on Twitter, so... <laughs> That's saying something, I guess. But yeah, no, I, I found it very, very, very interesting. I think uh, the audience should go and uh, watch this. I gave it an 8. Uh, what? Yeah, I gave it a 6.5. I mean, as a documentary, it was pretty standard documentary. Oh, the I content really was like super it. interesting. Yeah. And I, I think the most interesting thing about this is kind of like the idea that this is exposing the U.S. court system as being kind of right. not 100% legitimate, right? Uh, the last thing I saw, well, the two last things I saw was the first uh, new season of Impractical Jokers. Uh, do you know that I am not a big fan of that show anymore? It just has grown out of my humor range. It's not really? funny anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never really liked it, but I'm not a huge fan of like those kind of prank shows, I guess. Yeah. And the other one uh, show I saw was Singapore Social. Uh, it was extremely like uh, uh, the bling bling show. Uh, it's a reality show uh, about rich people just in Singapore this time. Huh. So, okay. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, is that a, is it I, an American show or is it a Singapore? Or... No. Yeah, it's an American show. Oh, okay. Just like that uh, bling empire. But yeah, it's bling empire in Singapore. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I gave it a two. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of shit TV this week, that's for sure. Including, very sadly, The Stand Episode 8. Uh, right, the, st- the Stand Episode 8. Oh. The title is The Stand. I'm so fucking angry at this episode. I looked up uh, stuff about this, and nobody seemingly was happy with this episode. So we were not so in the minority. Fucking angry, yeah. No, I'm so fucking irritated of this uh, episode. This rat comes seven good episodes off the stand. Right, the no sta- <laughs> episode eight, the stand, risking everything. Boulder travelers face off with flags. Followers in New Vegas, among them, a very different and pregnant Nadine. That was the biggest problem to me in the, mm. maybe this whole episode was Nadine's makeup job. Yeah. It was the worst. Yeah. Like It looked like if you went to um, Party City during Halloween and yeah. said, hey, can you m- do like a makeup job and make me look like a zombie? And they would do that. It was not a professional-looking makeup job. It looked just silly to me. It made me... The lo- yeah, and the lightning thing was just so fucking silly. Oh, yeah, at the end of this episode, which that wow. was in the book, right? The uh, yeah, that, that scene, but it wasn't done in the same way. No. no. Like, they're using it to kind of, like, I don't know how to say this. They're, they're 
taking the original story and using it to like mm. kind of um put forward a narrative of current day yeah. right which i yeah. guess i understand yeah. that like you need to like um if you're going to use something an old text and you want to like make it modern, modern that's what you do yeah. right but yeah. in this way it's it doesn't Maybe it's because it's all about a, a virus and a pandemic and everything, and it's about mm. like stuff that's happening now that makes me go, okay, this is weird and makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and this episode just irritated me from the beginning to the end. Like, right, because the very end, we see, uh, uh, what's his, not Harold, what's the guy's name, the, the big guy. We'll just call him big guy. Right. He just shows up out of nowhere at the end. Like, we don't get right, any explanation yeah. as to how he got there, where he went, like, how he traveled from one place to another. It's just totally nonsensical uh, storyline writing just to make uh, the story work, right? It's like, he's just there now because we don't have any way to write it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so sad because it's been so great. Two last episodes was. I think the last really, bunch of episodes I mean, have been really good. I think this episode yeah, just really, yeah. yeah, like you said, it just Red tanked everything. Yeah, tanked all the yeah. other episodes because of just how uh, it yeah. kind of. But I think this is the problem with having a different director for basically every episode. This one did yeah. not feel like any other episode, and that that's no. really the problem. I think. No, it felt like it, it felt uh, it. It was you that said like it felt like an episode of Tales from the Loop. All of a sudden, it did and totally. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had at absolutely nothing to do do with the story. That we you know were the movie AI. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Where yeah, like all yeah. of a sudden in the middle of the movie, the director died, and then they had to. Uh, yeah. Who did they bring in? Coppola? They brought uh, no uh, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. They brought him in, and all of a sudden yeah. the movie just changes to this whole other movie in the middle of AI. If anybody's yeah. ever seen that yeah. back in the day, that's how this episode felt compared to the rest of the show. It was oh, like Steven Spielberg yeah. came in and was like, "I'm going to change this now." <laughs> right? Yeah. No. I I I I I I can't remember the last time I was this angry at an episode because it. It's, like I said, it destroys everything leading up to it. Like, was this really what we were waiting for? Absolutely not. And there's so much good actors in this. And right. But but even the acting in this episode was so shitty. And that has everything to do with the director and art style and everything. Definitely. Special effects were shit, shit in this. Everything was shit in this. Absolutely everything. You're not going to believe this. Look, I give this a three. Yeah, I give it a two point five. Actually, I went lower than you. So yeah. <laughs> there were some audio yeah. problems with the dialogue, so I had to go lower than yeah. a three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, uh, I can't wait to see the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's gonna actually be pretty good. It's the thing. Like everything's yeah. been good up until yeah. now. The last couple episodes have yeah. gone downhill, but I feel like the last episode's probably gonna be okay. Uh, let's talk about some TV news. Uh, Will Ferrell really, really, really hates Norway in the G GM Super Bowl commercial. Let's talk a little about Super Bowl. What did you think about Super Bowl? Kind of a boring game, all in all, right? 
Oh, I mean, total blowout. Like, complete blowout, obviously. Uh, I think the uh, middle show was better than you thought it was. I I don't think it was that bad. Everybody is making memes about it and things like that. Uh, about the weekend, I really liked when he went inside of the the burning house. The fun fun house. Fun, fun house, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I can see uh, bad and shitty things about it. But mostly, I just think I, I, mostly people are comparing it to other Super Bowl halftime shows, sure. and as far as that yeah. goes, it's definitely on the lower tier, just because they didn't have like right. I felt, to me, I felt like instead of adding people, which they had, like, all these dancers, right? And that Mm -hmm. was whatever. But I felt like they could have done more animatronic stuff, maybe some uh, interesting holographic stuff. They could have, like, done some imagery. I was expecting to see a lot more kind of about what happened in 2020 and, like, maybe some kind of, like, uh, praise of... Um, essential workers and people who are, you know, uh, working in the medical field, but none of that. So in that way, there was a lot of stuff I felt was missing. But, like, we won't really watch the Super Bowl for anything other than the commercials anyways. And the commercial this year was maybe one of the best commercial rounds I have seen in many, many years. Many years, yeah. There were some bad, there was the Jeep commercial, that one was terrible. Uh, but there was one, like right. one commercial that was really shitty. The rest was very, very good quality. I if the only thing the Jeep commercial was pandering to the idea of like, oh, we're Jeep and we're here to to help right. you and in the quarantine in, in the pandemic, and it's like you right. cannot as a company play off that trope right now. It doesn't. <laughs> fly right right? and i think most other companies understood that uh jeep just chose not to understand that (laughs) but yeah will ferrell uh really hating norway was maybe the best uh one of the most funny at least for me it was very funny because it's a call to 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 home and everything and will ferrell if people don't know is very um he's a eurovision guy right yes yes because his wife, I believe, is... Swedish. Swedish, okay, yeah. Yes. So, it was very apt. So, tell me a little about this uh, Super Bowl commercial. Right. Uh, Will Farrell hates Norway in a GM Super Bowl commercial. Uh, he makes his hatred for Norway clear in each teaser coming up to the commercial. He asked viewers to tune into the Super Bowl to find out why he hated Norway. In one of them, he pranks every resident of Norway by sending them pizza they didn't order. In another, he sings a song in a car about his hatred for Norway. In the third teaser, he reads awful fake facts from a book titled The History of Norway. (laughs) Really funny commercials, all three of them. And this, very, I very feel funny. like he's playing on the, the fact that his wife is Swedish and the kind of... Yes. The yes. very fun, playful Sweden versus Norway. Yes. Right. yes. The way, yeah. Yeah. 
I think he would wouldn't have picked any other country because his wife is Swedish. I think this is very apt as well because his wife is Swedish. So, so right, no, and then in the I actual think. commercial, the Super Bowl commercial itself, he ends up mm. accidentally in well <laughs> invading Sweden instead Sweden of Norway. Instead on, of Norway, yeah. because he's a dumb American, he doesn't know any better. I think it's kind of the joke. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. Uh, one of my favorite commercials. But yeah, no. The, the, like I said, the 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 commercials in this this year was just really really good. It was a lot of like uh, new thinking, and it was like it was funny. A lot of them was just funny, and it helped uh, having not twenty Marvel commercials, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, right. We did definitely have less. Um... Movie, movie, movie and TV commercials, commercials. Yeah. both. Yeah, so one movie commercial, I think, and what that was uh, about uh, M Night Shyamalan's. Old... Oh right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess we're gonna bring down the show a little bit, but Evan Rachel Wood, we're gonna have to talk about that because something happened with that whole situation. Uh, she took to Instagram on Saturday to reveal more disturbing facts about her former relationship with Marilyn Manson. Uh, she's saying, uh, Wood continued by sharing one such, uh, photo, uh, which Marilyn Manson's wife apparently said she was going to release underaged naked photos of her in kind of trying to blackmail uh, her into not talking? Is that what you're to understand yeah, here? to shut, shut talk down. Um, this this photo... Clearly blackmail. Right, the photo shows her with a Hitler mustache, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is not a great look. To like No. Right. So I can understand how that would be... Um... It's just weird to me that somebody would blackmail you by saying I'm going to put out underage naked photos of you. That doesn't seem like great blackmail, right? Because that would make you a child pornographer. Bible. Right. Yes, and but I think also this like she she's showing how brave she is by showing that she was wearing the Hitler mustache. Like I, she I was in the like cult she's... at the time, so she didn't know anybody. Yeah. Right. Right. But but she's proving now how how brave she is by releasing this. Like I, I think this is proving once and for all that uh, what she said last week about Manson is completely true because Manson's wife wouldn't threaten her to shut the fuck up if it wasn't something behind it. Right. Exactly. Like you don't you don't blackmail someone. If they don't have anything on you, exactly. Right, exactly. So there's there definitely <laughs> yeah. something there, right? And it's it's yeah. clear that uh, uh, she felt bad about some of the things she did at the time, right? And that's why she's saying, okay, yeah, they're trying to blackmail me, but here's what I did, and I'm, I'm, yeah. I was wrong. Right, but it, it and she's strong. She's right, so fucking strong by doing this. Like, by saying I was she, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it, it's it's just proving her point once and for all uh, that uh, Manson is a shitty, shitty, shitty man and did shitty, shitty things. Well, not only that, Having that he's surrounded yeah. by people who clearly are willing to defend him, defend these shitty right. things, right? 
So there's like okay. a, a group of. It's not just him. It's like there's a. Yeah. There's a, oh. a, a, a conspiracy, <laughs> if you yeah. want to say it right. Hey, uh, I talked about Holy Moly Australia and how much I love it. Right, I haven't seen it. I tried to find it this week. I couldn't find it, but I'm gonna. So I'll try to find it. it this week. I'm, I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Yeah. But uh, okay, we, tell me about it. Uh, I was looking up and trying to find it. Right, so I'm trying to find an episode of it, and I found this article. It's by the Daily Mail, so it's not really super. Uh, it's not a great source, but I did find out that what they're saying in it is true. So. Uh, what we're hearing is that originally the Australian production of Holy Moly was set to be filmed in Los Angeles. All right. Yeah. Uh, but they decided uh, because of COVID-19 restrictions, they had to shut down the shooting and they moved everything from Los Angeles to Australia. And you're like, okay, is that, that doesn't seem like a big deal, except for the fact right. that they took... It says here, they piled everything into 36 semi-trailers bound for the city, put cast and crew into hotel quarantine, spent next six weeks rebuilding the sets in two warehouse spaces in Sydney and Brisbane, uh, which were acquired by Channel 7, and the elaborate sets were completely built anew in another country. So they, like, took all the sets from Los Angeles, I guess put them on a boat, (laughs) and, like... Took yeah. them all the way to Australia just to film film the show. I think that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I think it's super super cool. I really really think it's cool. The show is a really huge cool. hit in Australia. People in Australia, oh, yeah. it's like the highest rated show right now. There, everybody yeah. fucking yeah. loves the show in Australia. Is what I'm reading. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. think it's like so they were gonna sh- shoot this in L.A. and pretend it was in Australia. Before we now? don't know, well, we don't know that for sure, but that's what we think. Yes, they were gonna film it in Australia or in LA, but, and then have it just air in Australia, which I think is very yeah. weird that they would do that. Yeah, I I totally agree. Right, but this also kind of explains why they have the American host on there. Oh, yes, also right. Yeah, totally. Yes. Hey. Uh, time for Eurovision. Uh, let's talk about Lithuania this time, and it is the Roop with their song "Discotheque." Um, I will let you talk about this first. Yeah, the uh, they had a. Do you remember the song that they did last year? Because this is the same group yeah. from Lithuania that was going to be in the 2020 Eurovision, mm-hmm. and that song. I remember hating. Yes. You I, hated it. I loved it. Right. It was... I don't think I hated it. Well, the song was not great. But I think the problem was the choreography of the stage performance that I really didn't right. like about the first... Or their 2020 song. This one, the choreography and the... Uh, I, uh, oh, the song. What is it called? The stage... Not the stage design, but the stage setup. The way they had the... Um, yes screens in the background that went to the beat and then uh, worked mm. with the choreography of the dancing. I, I don't... They must have saw their original 2020 performance and went, okay, we gotta step it up. And they did. They stepped it up, what, like 20 levels. This was so much better than their first one to me. I could not agree more. I loved On Fire. 
uh, with the like magnifying glasses and the crown and the mirrors and things like this. But this is so much better. This is like uh, 20 times uh, better. And there's uh, no nothing strange by saying this, but this is the odds favorite to win right now on every uh, booking uh, site. Oh, uh, really? Is uh, on fire is uh, the clear winner to win. Right. Uh, I mean, not there's not all there's very few songs out yet. Right. Sure. So. Sure. 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 But but uh, like uh, I love their uh, choreography. I love that they all yeah wear yellow. Mm-hmm. I just there's so much to love about this. It's the beat is bangers and uh guess what look this is getting my first 10 of the year yeah i give it a 8.5 it's definitely up there i I think this is i don't want to like go too high because but i feel like this is definitely a contender to win the one thing i was kind of like why is that necessary is him doing his Spock hand movement thing. I loved it. I just don't it's understand. So... It was almost like he was like, Hey, look what I can do. I can do this with my fingers. And it's like, yeah, I, I can also do that. I don't understand why, <laughs> why you're, that's not a dance move. I guess is my point. It almost just looked hey. like he was at a party and he's like, Hey, can you do this with your fingers? Like, it's like a drunk party <laughs> trick, right? Hey, we have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. That's another digital citizen at gmail.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter, Twitter, or Twitter, uh, at podcast ADC, at podcast ADC. We are on Facebook. Our Facebook page is another digital citizen on Facebook. So, be a member of all those three things. Send us emails. We love emails. Send us our messages on Twitter. We love messages. And comment underneath the show that you're listening to, and we will talk about it in the next episode. Has someone done one of those three things? Uh, Somebody commented underneath our Facebook post. Jeremy says, if Luke is on all the drugs... Since Oregon legalized everything, I can't tell. Uh, I listen at 1.5 times speed, so both of you sound like you're on a combination of cocaine and meth. <laughs> I, I don't understand necessarily the listening at 1.5 times speed, because for me, when I listen to podcasts, it's to waste time. So I don't, yeah. I, I, I just, I guess I listen to podcasts for a dis- different reason than Jeremy does, right? That's very funny, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Oh, yeah, he's also not super happy about Eurovision being back. I should yeah. say that as well. <laughs> what, what a surprise. <laughs> he doesn't like Eurovision. What the shock. I've seen six movies this uh, seen five movies this week. Uh, have you seen a good movie? You should start. I only saw two movies, so you, why don't you start? Okay, I've seen Locked Down on HBO. Uh, this is a, a Corona movie uh, in the way that uh, it, it is about like two a couple 
that has uh, uh, been breaking up uh, is locked down. Uh, like that's what they are. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, and since they are uh, cool hobby thing, uh, they uh, have a little challenge in getting along. And uh, instead of arguing back and forth. They do something else, and this movie is about that. What that something else is? It is very, very funny. I know it has only gotten a five point one on IMDb and four five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I give it a seven point five. I really, really found this hilariously funny. One of the most funny movies I've seen in, in quite a while. Uh, then I saw. Another uh, Corona movie, uh, uh, funny enough about that, uh, on Netflix called Malcolm and Marie. Uh, this oh, is yeah. uh, this is their Oscar contender. This is definitely an uh, uh, Oscar baity movie. It is with Sandaya, uh, uh, and this is also about. Uh, painful relationship but it's only two people in this movie and it's just about like they're talking back and forth and it's uh, right. directed by Sam Levinson and it is amazing I love every fucking part of it it's one of my favorite movies of uh, 2021 I watched the trailer of it this week and it did look yeah. v- it looked good but it looked very um what's the word yeah oscar baby oscar baby yeah yeah but uh, i gave it a 9 cool i saw in and of itself this week my parents okay. my parents actually recommended this to me they were like hey you should go check this out uh directed by frank oz uh, it's about derek delgado a magician from who mm-hmm. did a uh, one-man show. He did it, like, over 550 times, this one-man show. Uh, and this is... They just basically filmed the one-man show. Uh, it's kind of a... It's a one-man show in the sense that it's, like, an autobiographical storytelling show, in, like any one-man show, but it involves magic. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, okay. This has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes from... 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It's interesting. It's very well put together. I I feel like if you were there live, it would be much more uh, interesting. The problem with it not being... Like, watching it filmed is there are certain mm. cuts and things that you go, uh, oh, they cut away there for this reason. It, it, you know, it, you lose the illusion of magic sometimes through when you're watching it on TV. Does that make sense? Mm. Where, like, if you were to see it live, there would be much more, oh, that actually just happened, that kind of thing. Um, so mm. overall, I give this a 5.5. I, I would recommend it, though, because the s- story he tells is very interesting, and it'll probably make you question things about your own life, actually. Cool. Yeah. I saw... Saint Maud, a horror movie from 2019 that came out this week uh, in uh, Norway. I saw this with my dad and his girlfriend. 
this is about a mod that is uh, 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 gets to be a, a nun uh, and uh, gets very religious and uh, uh, how she comes obsessed with this dying artist uh, and it's uh, Amazing horror movie. Very, very good. Very, very scary. Very, very interesting. 91% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I give this movie uh, 8.5. I've been thinking about this lately with Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and all the other kind of scoring systems. How Mm -hmm. has... The coronavirus, how has this lack of movie content changed the scoring system? Have you thought about that? Mm. Because there are less, like, good movies and good TV shows. Does that change how... Because now a 100% movie or TV show could be less uh, than it was three years ago because the quality has lowered. Does that make sense? It's like, it's weird to think about. Yeah. Then I saw this very, 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 very interesting documentary mm-hmm. called Stripped Down, Rise Up. It is uh, on Netflix. Right, I need to I... see this. Oh, you definitely do. Because it is one of the most awful movies I have ever seen in my entire life. It is one of the... So... It has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Does it? I thought it had like 10% or something. No. <laughs> strip, strip down, rise up. So it is about this woman's revolution on the strip pole. But it is one of the most anti-men documentary you can see in your entire life. Like, they're talking about like oh how how we men has ruined stripping, how we men are awful awful men that goes to strip bars and think we will see naked ladies look. Oh my because god! Because that is one of the most awful 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 thing we men can do to women is going to strip bars because we men. We give money to these women, and they are just there to perform their fucking art. We we shouldn't go in there, and we shouldn't be horny, because stripping is an art form. It's it's not supposed to be sexual look. And we, as men, we are awful, awful, awful people that pay for this how dare we do this okay that 90 percent score i i had looked at this rotten tomato page earlier this week from and it had said 11 uh-huh. percent. so when you said 90 percent, i was like that's a little weird go to the i just posted the rotten tomatoes page in the chat okay they have blocked the tomato score of this movie <gasps> they have jesus Cool. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, this is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. I am going to give it a fucking zero. 
All right, a movie I saw that we also thought may have been a terrible movie, but it ended up being a really good movie, Psycho Gore Man. Yeah. Did you watch this this week? Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually paid $6 for this because I was like, this is worth paying $6 for. It was amazing. It was, the, it was really, really good. And so yeah. funny, like hilariously yeah. funny. But at the same time, it's like got this... It's got this message where it's like uh, trying to be a, a wholesome message that you would have seen in a 1980s horror movie, right? But mm-hmm. they do it in a hilarious tongue-in-cheek way, right? Yeah. I I I just I can't remember last time I I laughed this much. I love the ending. Well, not to ruin anything, but uh, her friend. That gets turned yeah. into the super being, and then at the very end, he's with his family eating dinner. It was like the mm-hmm. you're ne- like it's one of those images that's gonna be stuck in my brain for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna be able to unsee that kid <laughs> eating dinner with his family. <laughs> it's, but it's such a cool ending. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, and I, I love, love kind love of uh, the whole thing where he ends up being. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm not gonna say anything. But yeah. Everybody check out Psycho Gorman. I gave it a, a 7.5. Really? I gave it an 8.5. Oh, okay. I mean, the, the acting was not, like, the best, obviously. No, but it, was, no, it wasn't yeah. supposed to be, either. So. No. By the way, remember that we are awful, awful people. <laughs> what do you mean? We're men. We're men. Oh, right. We're, we're men. Awful. Right. We are awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hello uh, uh movie news uh well not really movie news but yeah i didn't know where have else ever... to put this terraria thing I, it, so i just put it in the movie right. <laughs> have you ever played this no but i've seen people play it it's basically 2d minecraft is what it is yeah 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 it's very cool uh but uh <laughs> The reason why it's cancelled on Go- on Stadia is maybe one of the most funny things I have ever heard of. So, the co-curator says Stadia version is cancelled after he lost access to his Google accounts. Andrew Spink says he has no clue why Google has locked him out of his accounts. And Andrew Spink is now the co-creator of Terraria, announced that the studio would no longer working on the Google Stadia, a port of the game, announced on Twitter earlier. Uh, and the reason, his studio, ReLogic, was locked off his Ansarchan account and YouTube account over three weeks without any explanation and with re- little resource from the company. Early Monday, Spinks tweeted that he had uh, not done anything to violate your terms of service. So I can take no other way to deciding to burn this bridge in the thread. Spinks says uh, the lockout cost him access to thousands of dollars of apps he purchased. His Gmail account and that he used for more than 50 years is gone too. That is losing a lot. 
Right, like, like you would think, when I first read the headline for this, my first initial thought right. was, okay, uh, Stadia is going to go out of business soon, obviously, <laughs> like because yeah. nobody yeah. uses yeah. that service. Nobody uses it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it even says here, uh, last week the company announced it was closing its in-house development studio and said it would rely wow. instead solely on third-party developers. So it's like, okay, this is going to... But then when I heard that he lost access to all of his Google... Like, not just his development side of his Google account, but all of his Google account. It's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I feel so sad for him. Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama. Uh, don't know if you know who those people are, Luke. Never heard uh, of One of them. Yeah, and one of them was uh, the president in Nigeria, I think. Uh, oh, right, Michelle. Uh, I remember that. Right. Yes. <laughs> Higher Ground uh, sets six new projects on, at Netflix. Tell me about this. Michelle in Barack Obama's Higher Ground Productions, I guess that's their production studio, has unveiled a new yeah. slate of projects at Netflix with subjects ranging from uh, one of the first men to reach the summit of Mount Everest to a ya thriller centered on a Native American girl. Yeah, young and, adult. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was like, ya! Um, <laughs> ya, <Yeah>, queen! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the company yeah. also <laughs> the company also formally announced it's uh, developing Exit West, the feature starring Riz Am Ahmed and based on Moshin Hamid's acclaimed novel. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that caught me, Mary. <laughs> that caught you. We knew that the Obamas had a deal with Netflix already. This is not surprising yes. to me. No, it's a little strange that we continue this. I didn't know it was so successful. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was imagining this drag queen coming like, yeah, squid, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, watch the audio trailer for falling. Lift the barrel, aim, and shoot. Barrels. Okay. Wait. Barrel. <laughs> Is this PewDiePie? Your nap this afternoon. Does that always help? Help what? Your memory. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I love you him as an actor as well. Come get you. You said you couldn't handle the farm anymore. I would never say that. You did. Oh, it's like a coming of age. Like his dad's getting old. What right. kind of doctor is your boyfriend? Yeah, amnesia. Not amnesia, but yeah. Heard you went swimming, Daddy. <laughs> First time in the Pacific Ocean. I know what you're up to. It's got a lot of really good actors in it, though. Yeah, it does. This definitely, I'm feeling some Oscar vibes off this as well. Though. Yeah. Are you finished? <laughs> Your mother warned you last night. Dad, you know Mom's not here. What's about oh, Vigo. Lance Henriksen, I love him. Quite the manly man they thought they hired. Now you're just another housewife. You think you can do and say whatever you want? You know what? Oh, so his dad's like 
anti-gay, and he's gay as well. Okay. Two hearts. But it's like his dad doesn't know any better because he's losing right. it. Yeah. Heaven doesn't want this is a tearjerker of a movie, I can already tell. <laughs> uh, this is a movie I'm going to see. I know, I'm going to watch it too, and I'm going to be crying the whole time like a little baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about, Luke? Following when an 80-year-old independent farmer, Willis, travels to Los Angeles for an infinite stay with his son, John, and his family, two very different worlds collide. Um, mentally declining, Willis' abrasiveness is both caustic and funny, bringing old wounds from the past and years of mutual mistrust to the surface. Uh, directed by Viggo Mortensen and starring Viggo Mortensen, actually. I didn't know he directed this. That's cool. Uh, 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 65% on Metacritic, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, 82% of Google users liked it. Talking about Google users, uh, Rosa Arberia uh, gave it 2 out of 5 stars. This is a portrayal of uh, stage of dementia for a man so advanced with dementia he couldn't possibly understand a written uh, the written word. If he was so disoriented, he would never have been left alone. Uh, and it's unhealthy romanticizing of dementia. The movie was 45 minutes too long. The actors were fantastic in their roles. Not roles, by the way, but roles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is an extradition of the roles to make the movie accessible to different levels of audience. I went to the IMDb. Let's see. Christina Del, Del Mitros says 10 out of 10. Vigo Morton says Vigo Morton says. Mortensen has long held my respect as an actor and now has gained it as a director, writer, and music composer. Following is a tough film to watch, but one worth watching regardless. Lance Hendrickson, now in his 80s, is better than ever, and I'm glad Vigo has given him a role worthy of his talent. The role of the father is slightly overdone in its harshness, which makes the situation hopefully... Uh, not very relatable, but that aside, F Falling is a masterful directorial debut for Viggo Mortensen. Um, somebody who kind of had the opposite opinion, 3 out of 10 from Valaksan, uh, expected more from Viggo Mortensen in spite of his directorial debut. Too many flashbacks, skipping through time, the dynamics is interrupted too often and hard to follow also way too many cl cliches the performances are also unconvincing where mortensen is sort of underacting while lance Hen hendrickson is way overacting uh, in one word disappointing uh my favorite uh, viggo mortensen movie is the promises love that movie i, I don't i uh, yeah hmm, hmm. I, you haven't never seen it I don't remember it, but I probably have, to be mm. honest. Uh, also coming out this week is Dara of... Oh, Jesus Christ. Jason Novak? Jano... Janice? J Jansen Novak. Jason Novak? Jansen Novak. 
Jensen Ovac. Jensen Ovac. Yeah. Yes. A 10-year-old girl and her family come face-to-face with the horrors of the Holocaust. When they were sent to concentration camps in Croatia, she must soon summon the courage to protect herself and her infant brother while hatching a scheme to escape. Uh, directed by Piedrag. Ooh, long, very fucking la- name. Um, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 3.5 on Common Sense Media, and 92% of Google users like this movie. Minimata, uh, war photographer W. Eugene Smith travels back to Japan where he do- documents the devastating effects of mercury poisoning in coastal communities, uh, starring Johnny Depp, of all people, directed oh. by Andrew Levitus, Levitus, uh, six or seven point six out of ten on IMDb, sixty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, fifty-one percent on Metacritic. Wow! Another version of the Reckoning, really? Okay. Uh, uh, after losing her husband during the Great Plague, Grace Havenstock, unjustly uh, accused of being a witch and placed in custody of England's most lo- ruthless wi- uh, witch uh, hunter, Judge Moorcraft, forced to endure physical and emotional torture while steadfastly maintaining her innocence, Grace faces her own inner demons as the devil himself start to work his way into her mind with Charlotte Kirk, Joe Anderson, and Emma Holzer has gotten a 4.7 on IMDb out of 10, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 36% on Metacritic. I don't really need a remake of The Reckoning. Uh, I don't remember The Reckoning. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Okay. Little Fish, of course, the prequel to Big Fish. Not, no, no, it's not really that. It's not at all. Uh, a couple fight to hold their relationship together as memory loss, uh, as a memory loss virus spreads and threatens to erase the history of their love and courtship. Memory loss virus. That sounds interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, seven, yeah. Uh, 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. 71% on Red Metacritic. Uh, directed by J- Chad Harrington. Starring Olivia Cook and Jack O'Connell. Also coming out, Son of the South. If that doesn't sound like a propaganda movie, I don't know. Um, oh, okay. I haven't read the as synopsis, but now I understand. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the grandson of the clansman comes of age in the Deep South and eventually joins the civil rights movement based on Rob Seltzer's autobiography, The Wrong Side of Murder Creek, with Lucas Still, Lucy Hale, I love Lucy Hale, mm-hmm. uh, Lex uh, Scott Davis and Julia Osmond in it, uh, has a 5 out of 10 on uh, IMDb, a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.5, uh, 3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, and 67% of Google users like this movie. So, what movie would you see? Wow, yeah. Um, hmm. I guess Falling looks like the best. Like, it's definitely going to be an Oscar kind of 
movie. Yeah. I think if yeah. it wasn't falling, I would probably be Little Fish, but I'm going to go falling. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go falling as well. Because it's just a movie that hey. we're both going to end up seeing inevitably, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is quite unenviable. So that's ten times fast. Unenviable? It's hard for me to say. Right. <laughs> I can't say it because I don't know what word you're saying. <laughs> that, that's saying something. Hey, have you? are you a member of Audible? If not, hey, go to audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. You get a 30-day trial of Audible. You get a free book. If you cancel the subscription, you get to keep uh, the book that you have gotten. And, uh, of course, uh, they also have a new thing that uh, I don't talk a lot about, but I use it a lot. They have this Audible Plus catalog that is totally free and has a lot of cool books in it. Um, I was uh, beginning to uh, uh, read uh, the Mark Tufio series about uh, like zombies, the zombie Fallout series. That, that is something I have started this uh, week. And you get, you can listen to uh, from book zero, all five, all down to book seven without oh. paying a, a single dollar for it. So, audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Okay, next week, news of the week. Uh, we're going to do the stand episode nine, the final episode of the stand for this season at least. And it looks like this is going to be the only season to me. Yes. They killed everybody, so... Right. <laughs> uh, we're going to do another digital uh, another digital review of Land. It's kind of a... Okay. Just a I don't even know what it's about. Chicago. Right. It's, I guess it's about Greenland, maybe. <laughs> oh, wait. They already made a movie called Greenland? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then we're going to do an interview with somebody who we haven't talked to in a while. Yeah, we have had Trivia Chic on here, I would say, maybe two years ago? Something like oh, that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to, like, Catch have up. a little, like, uh, uh, update. Yeah. We yeah. talked a lot about movies and how 2020 changed uh, the movie industry. And we will talk about... YouTube. What movie. Yeah. 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 And YouTube, we will talk a lot about, so... Very interesting. Uh, talking about YouTube, you motherfucker, you Luke, you really, 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 really got me down the rabbit hole this week because <laughs> I have never ever heard of cold ones before. Oh, you haven't? Uh, okay. No. And it's now maybe my favorite channel on YouTube. Thank you know you. who Max Mofo is, though, right? Like no. Well, you know you who never... I Dubs and. Filthy yeah, Frank yeah, yeah. and Max Mofo was like the third of like the Idubs Filthy Frank Max Mofo. He was the the third wheel kind of. Right, but you know I have never ever seen uh, a single episode of Cold Ones. I think I saw about like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's so funny. Yeah, they're just really goofy. I mean, it's very internet humor, right? 
I love it, especially like them t- testing like cheapest drink games they bought on eBay, and the Fiverr things was amazing. I've skipped the podcast because I I don't really care about their podcast. Right. I think t- <laughs> I saw one episode of their podcast with uh, I think it was uh, Mac uh, Jack Films or something. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's so funny. Uh, there's one uh, episode of their podcast. Well, there's a couple episodes that are po- of their podcast that are worth checking out. I mean, uh, they did one with Belle Delphine. That one's probably worth checking yes. out. And then they did one. That I saw. Okay, and then they did one with um, uh, what's his name? The guy who smashes eggs and you never see his face. Uh, how to basic. Okay. How to Basic. Yeah, How to Basic, yeah. That's another one that you should check out just because How to yeah. Basic is so kind of uh, cryptic as like a, a, a personality that it's cool to see, to hear that stuff, right? But yeah, you really got me down the the cold ones. That was fun. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, they're very funny. <laughs> uh Chad, I guess is his name, but uh, anything yeah. for views? I've been following longer than I have Cold Ones or Max Mofo or anything, so. Uh, anything else that you've seen? Oh my gosh, the, I follow this guy, Scotty Kramer, who's like a, he was a professional bike rider, uh, BMX rider. He like was, okay. he won X Games many times. Um, and a few years ago, uh, he crashed on his bike, and he had a head, head injury, uh, and he, before that, he was doing a YouTube channel, but then he had, uh, he got a head injury, and he was unable to, like, continue writing, because, uh, he literally, like, smashed his brain in, um, this week, there, there was a lot of drama surrounding his channel, uh, some of the people who were in his channel, uh, they they kind of disappeared from the channel and everybody on YouTube in the comments and everything was kind of going well where did they go they just kind of disappeared and then it all mm. kind of came out that there was a it wasn't really a dispute about money or about anything else it was like a creative difference between them and so there was the kind of a big um they both came out with apology videos to each other, which okay. I thought was interesting, because you know how apology videos go on YouTube, they never are good, yeah. but these ones were yeah. apology videos to each other, instead of, like, to the audience, which I thought was kind of cool, so go check out Scotty Kramer channel, and uh, Big Boy, which, I, what's his name, that's the, the, the guy's friend, I think they both did a really good job of kind of explaining everything to the audience, and apologizing, but also, um not making their apology ridiculous like a lot of YouTuber apologies are. Uh, Jacksepticeye uh, released a video that was very sad called Loss. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, I, I saw know. this. Yeah. Yeah. About his dad. Um, yeah. Very strong story. Uh, I, I love Jack, Jacksepticeye, so it was hard to watch. I think it's especially hard to watch because he's always such a positive person, like yeah, all the time. And yeah. so for him to be have to go into that mode instead of being super positive is like, wow, this is a big change. Mm. Uh, speaking of bad things on YouTube, 
The YouTube prankster shot. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. No. Uh, some kids who apparently don't know that YouTube pranks are fake decided they oh. were going to do a YouTube prank where they ran up to people in a park with knives pretending that they were going to rob them and then it was supposed to be a prank. Oh. The guy pulled a gun and shot one of them. Um, apparently of one of his, one of the guy's last words was, uh, it's just a prank, bro. So wow. this was inevitably going to happen. Uh, it's just, it's sad that it came to this and that people actually do believe these YouTube stupid, ridiculous pranks are real sometimes. You know what I mean? That is, uh, something. I, I can't... That is so sad. I'm, well, yeah, I, I mean, I even, like, prank shows on TV, they've gone wrong in the past. I remember oh, yeah. seeing a video in early days of, of the internet where it was like a, a prank show where a guy jumps out of a trash can. Have you ever seen this video? And then the guy pulls the gun, and it was supposed to be a prank, and it was all supposed to be a joke, but, you know... If you if the person is isn't in on the joke, things can go wrong really fast. So don't if you're gonna do pranks on YouTube, fake them. I guess is my point. <laughs> Even though the right. Uh, talking about going down a rabbit hole, uh, I I found this uh, very cute Muslim family uh, called the Salah family, and they have uh, like their main focus is TikTok. But they have also like uh, a lot of like uh, YouTube stuff, uh, so I have t uh, listened to them their history about like why they choose to homeschool their children and uh, uh, definitely his uh, relationship with religion is kind of similar to to mine. Uh, oh, okay. uh, other than that, he found uh, Allah instead of me finding like nothing there. And uh, yeah, it's a very very interesting channel that I I, I uh, think people should check out because like there is a lot of negative views on Islam, and I, mm -hmm. I think that this channel is like trying to go against that, and it will, was very like because she's uh, wearing a hijab and things like that. Like she talks about like is she oppressed like. Uh, does she feel oppressed about it? Yeah? And it's a very like woman focused thing of it. Um, Joe Rogan's kind of a douchebag. Uh, oh, we're just for gonna fucking say <laughs> yes. We're just gonna say. I mean, we've followed Joe Rogan for a long time, but yeah. over the last year, it's just slowly i feel like we've been sep disconnecting from joe rogan right and it, i don't uh, think it was even us i think it was him that has changed uh, his views him, on yeah. things yeah yeah i mean he 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 has went totally out bananas crazy he said he's, this week the big controversy was that he said he's not going to take a vaccine even if yep it's available to him and it, because yep. he says he's healthy. And it's like, do you not understand what a pandemic is? <laughs> it's just incredibly stupid. Incredibly stupid. I don't even like, think I it's that. Like... I think it's like he wants things his way, right? And so he's willing yeah. to deny reality to have things his way. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And I understand that denying reality to be like, okay, this is how I, I want things. I feel like that's what Logan Paul is doing and Jake Paul. All these people, all these influencers that are doing all these parties in Los Angeles, they're all just denying mm-hmm. reality because they want it to reality be what they want it to be uh, instead. And it's like, that, but you can't do that. That's not how reality works, <laughs> right? <laughs> can't just deny reality and go, yep, it's my reality now, and then it, that's how it is. It's just not how it is. But yeah, back to the censorship of YouTube, but that's kind of like what is my biggest problem with the censorship of YouTube is like uh, uh, like trying to deny history and, and like trying to, to make it look so, uh, like something else. It's just like what you said. I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's everything. Yeah, I think that's it. Sigma Males out. Uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about Sigma Males, did we? Oh, right. Uh, have you heard about... you got to look up Sigma Male, Fro. I do. We'll it, talk about... It, it is ridiculous. We'll talk about it next week, but Sigma... Apparently, it's like one step above the Alpha Male is the Sigma Male. It's like this whole new internet... Uh, male chauvinist ridiculousness that, yeah, we'll talk about it next week maybe. Okay, uh, from uh, kind of sad flow, uh, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.